All right, guys, it's time for the next level guy show. A men's interview, interest, and improvement-focused podcast featuring interviews with the greats from all industries to help you better your life. Each week, a new episode features an interview with one of the greats covering all aspects of their story, from life hacks to tips and protocols that have allowed them to live life on the next level. We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay. And today's guest is Jonas Diekmann. Jonas is the German extreme athlete and the holder of seven world records. He's a man that knows no limits and sees challenges as don't see things as it can't be done. Instead, have the mindset that you can be the first person to do it. He's the first to have completed a triathlon around the world. He's the fastest to cycle across continents and so much more. And in this interview, we discuss how you can build adventure into your own life. How to take a goal that seems like a massive challenge and break it into manageable challenges and find the key skills and experience you need to achieve them. How to build a mindset of wonder and joy through hardship and challenges and so much more. And now let's get to the interview. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's an honour to feature somebody with you who's done such amazing things in their life. But for people who maybe don't recognise the name, how do you define who you are? Because you've achieved so much. But what, what, if you had to give a cliche introduction, what would you say to people? Well, I, I see myself as an um, adventurer and uh, extreme athlete, but uh, more adventurer. So the past few years, I have set uh, first cycling world records, always crossing continents as fast as I could. And uh, then I did the first triathlon around the world. So while this is uh, 120 times Ironman, it's a, it's a big physical challenge. My main my main focus is on the on the adventure part. It's on experiences going into the into the unknown and and explore. That's a great answer. Um, you were a quite an adventurous child when you were younger. You know, were you was that sort of in, installed from your parents, or you know, how do you get to create such an idea for a challenge like this? You know, when most people say they're going to do a challenge, it's a tough mudder, an Ironman. Where did the mindset come from for you to think, I'm going to go around the world and do 120, you know, like triathlons? Was there something that you can look to in your youth that you think caused this? Uh, definitely. Uh, from a young child, I was always outdoors and uh, doing sports with my, my family. I, I never was in a hotel. We always went camping into the into the mountains, to the, to the, to the, the ocean. And uh, my granddad was a, a snake hunter in in Africa. Awesome. Uh, so that yeah was a, was nice as a child to to see this. And uh, I was there the first time when I was six years old. So this kind of also defines yourself that you that you you see someone in your family that has wearing a that has a very adventurous lifestyle. And then for me it basically started during university that I I first cycled around the world and then I wanted more. I'm very intrigued in that sort of mindset of like, you know, you said things like, um, okay, when somebody says to you, no, that, no one's done that before, it can't be done. You said, great, I can be the first one then. 
how do you think we get that sense of wonder and motivation to do that in our own lives? Is there a way we can kind of have the the Jonas mindset rather than the the closed mindset that a lot of people have? Um, yes, I mean society and family and kind of uh, how we grow up. There is a lot of pressure of uh, taking the the safe way. At least that's the case in uh, in Germany. And um, if you follow the the safe path and the normal way, life is very comfortable, but uh, not extraordinary. And um, you sometimes have to take this this first step to to follow your dreams. And I always ask myself, well, if nobody has done that before, then well, no one has failed trying, right? So that doesn't mean it's not possible. It just mm-hmm. means uh, it's a bit uh, out of the of the normal, and uh, someone has to be the first one. And um, this is yeah, it's a complete mindset and attitude that that um, you first of all. You embrace also the, the risk of um, that it may not work, but um, I always believe it will work. So there is this um, unconditional positive attitude that uh, whatever I try, um, it may I'm, there may be a lot of challenges, but I always believe I will be successful. And that comes first of all, of, of course, with a lot of experience. But um, in the end, the hardest thing is to do this first step and, and try. And um, if you really want it, uh, there will be a solution. We just have to take this this first step and really embrace the challenge. No, it's, it's great because I find so many young people especially are just like, no, I couldn't do something like that. You know, they're so close to it that they don't think that it's possible for them. And that's why I'm so keen to have you on because you're somebody that just looks at life and says, what if, could I do this? How could I do this? And I think it's so inspiring to see the amazing things you've done. Do you think all men listening need to find a project, something that challenges them? Maybe not go like around the world in triathlons, but do you think it's something that we need more of a challenge in our lives to kind of, you know, get back to nature, remember who we are as people? Um, yes, that's uh, one of my, my main messages. I don't think uh, many people want to do a triathlon around the world. <laughs> that's uh, totally fine. But uh, with my projects, um, I want to inspire people to follow their dreams, whatever the dream is, and uh, have the courage to to do this first step. Uh, we are very comfortable in in our ordinary life, but it's really worth it to to follow your dreams and and try it and uh, having a challenge. And uh, if you find something where you are passionate about, that's, that's really like you burn with all your heart for that and, uh, and you follow it um, and give everything you have, then there will be solutions. You just have to try. Yeah, because I mean, that's something you said, like that you weren't a great swimmer when you first started. So you went and found people to, you know, sort of help you. You worked with institutes to, you know, get used to like the temperatures you'd be facing. So there's always a way of finding your way around it. But like, it seems the task seems insurmountable when you think about it as a whole. You had a great way of kind of breaking it down. And, you know, you were going to do the self-sustained. How do you start breaking it down and looking at it in terms of, okay, it's only a kilometer after a kilometer. Because, you know, you have that mindset rather than going, I have to do 48,000 this, I have to do 38,000 here. 
how do you start planning that? How do you even fathom such an idea? There are, of course, a, a lot of techniques that, that make you successful in, in ultra, ultra endurance sports and challenging expeditions. For me, the longer and hard, the harder it gets, the more it becomes a, a matter of, of mindset. And uh, first of all, it is unconditional optimism. You, you have to believe you can do it. And then it's a lot about uh, this goal setting, as you said, um, having those very, very small targets. So I make an, an example when, when I, after the swimming and the cycling, like I run across Mexico, 5,000 kilometers, and I haven't trained because I was, I was cycling. So when I run the first marathon, I, my, my legs, they were in an incredible pain. I could, I could barely walk. And in that situation, if I think, okay, that's how you feel now, and you have another 119 marathons to go, then you are not going to make it. But in my mind, I, I wasn't doing a triathlon around the world. I wasn't running 120 marathons across Mexico. That's my, my big vision. But in the day-to-day -day business, I always looked on Google. Where's the next uh, restaurant? Where's the next gas station? Oh, it's only a few kilometers away. And, and there I get, that's not far. And there I get a chocolate bar. I get some tacos. And uh, I liked it. So I, I break down those very big goals into to very small targets and, and reward myself with something, something I really like. Because we all need our, our personal chocolate bar. I love it. I, do, I love your way of looking at things. It's like, all I need to do is get through this kilometer, then the next one, then the next one. I don't need to think about the, you know, what's coming. I know that I'm prepared. I know that I'm planned. But, you know, you have such a sort of limited space. You talked about how you didn't have a tent. You didn't have a stove. You know, you kind of had to plan to purchase as you went. What does the sort of limited space teach you about what essentials really were to you and what, you know, what we would classify as essentials in modern life? You know, how did you plan your trip and look, because you spent your bike to the location you're going to start cycling from, for example. You know, you carried it in a, um, like a trolley behind you when you were running. What did it teach you about essentials and sort of what's important in life? Well, I'm... I always have this compromise between, on the one side, um, comfort, having a nice tent and having uh, a second pair of clothes and everything, and on the other side, uh, speed, being fast, so um, less weight. And uh, in my case, of course, uh, comfort usually uh, loses. So I'm very, very lightweight, on the, lightweight. I even cut my toothbrush into two parts to save weight. <laughs> and it always works out. There is not much I, I need with uh, some food, a sleeping bag, a pair of clothes and, and a credit card and a cell phone. I'm, I can basically survive wherever I am. I can survive with less, but that's what I need to do my, my adventures and also um, communicate them. And I'm for an around world trip. I can take, I can do that with less luggage than most people would take for, for a weekend uh, vacation. And it's, it's not only in extreme expeditions that less is more. I also have this in my in my general lifestyle. All my belongings they are kind of digital. I can I can have them well online wherever I am. Where I am, and I have a backpack in my dad's place and uh, in the friend's place, and that's it. So I don't have a have a home. I don't have a car. I'm always um, kind of on the move and very flexible, and uh, this makes me. Uh, yeah, it's very liberating. It's a 
I feel free and I can adapt to all situations. Because I was really impressed to that kind of, you know, because like a lot of people couldn't go without their iPad, without their, like, you know, their latest gadgets. And I think COVID is kind of teaching a lot of people that we kind of focus on such silly things. You know, we kind of, we worry about like what our neighbors are thinking. And now we're realizing that, you know, we're looking at celebrities in the wrong way. We should have been looking at the doctors, the nurses for being the heroes of society. We should have been looking at what's really important, like family, rather than like what your what license plate is on your car kind of thing. So how did you work with, like, I, I noticed with a lot of top performers, you, you know, like you go and meet people. You don't try to do all yourself when you're doing challenge. You will go and find the people who have the skill sets to help you achieve a certain area. You worked with like institutes to you know get used to the temperatures you were going to face in Siberia etc you you know you worked with a swimming coach etc how do you find these people and how do you get into that point of saying leave the ego behind but I can go and find somebody that can teach me what I need to know because that's that was something you did and I was really impressed by that well, what I'm doing is uh, very, very extreme. And if you go into Siberia in winter, you are better prepared and did your homework. But uh, one thing that's also one of my main messages is before I was always doing cycling expeditions and a lot of people said, well, you have been cycling all your life. And that's true. But I wasn't a runner and I, I ran 120 marathons in 117 days. And I swam 460 kilometers uh, as someone who wasn't a swimmer because uh, the longer and the harder it gets, it is simply a matter of, of your mindset. Mindset You have uh, to, to want it badly enough. And uh, those skills are the key of all endurance sports and they are transferable. So with that mindset, um, of course, I can learn swimming and I can also learn other disciplines. And um, I know I'm not the best at the moment, but then I... I look for someone who has the knowledge I'm lacking. And by now, well, of course, I'm very well connected in the, in the adventure scene and also in, in business life. Um, and I get, with my projects, I get access to the best of the best in the area. And uh, it's a small world. And then you kind of um, exchange ideas, exchange advice. And, uh, and that's how I, how I know I can do it. But in the end, I'm always, I know the best advice and the best plan in practice, practice only works to a certain degree because I'm, I'm very often going into the unknown. And that's what, uh, what makes it so super exciting. Because it's, it's such an inspiring way of looking at it. It's like, I noticed that a lot of the, like the top performers will get a coach for the recovery, for their health, for their mindset. You know, they know that they don't know it all. So they'll go and find these people because you know there's like an amazing bit of footage where you're cycling in a blizzard and you know you're smiling all the way through it because you prepped for it and you're prepared for it it doesn't look fun but it looks you know it's, it's an amazing bit which will be in the show notes but how do you plan because you can improve your swimming you know i mean to, to think about what you did when you you don't consider yourself a swimmer is amazing how do you plan for like changing in terrain for swimming in the night for waves? Because you can improve your like breaststroke, you know, your backstroke, whatever. But how do you plan for nature? I'm 
as much outside uh, in nature as possible and do challenging expedition expeditions and then that prepares me and it doesn't even have to be this discipline because it's a lot about adapting to new situations to be out adventuring that gives you the mindset so in my training i'm not focused on one discipline so i'm just focused on doing a lot of sports doing it outside doing it in the wild and and that and that prepares me Swimming is very, uh, especially not in the, in the lake, but especially in the in the in the sea. It's a very special discipline because on land, whatever comes, I can push through. In the sea, if the current and the waves are against me, there is no way I can progress. So it's a very very humbling discipline where you, mm -hmm. where you where you notice there's no way if nature doesn't want that you progress, you, you don't progress, and uh, you have to accept this and uh, adapt uh, accordingly. Because it's certainly something that people struggle with. It's like they don't prepare at all. They kind of go, yeah, I've done some running for a marathon. But it's a marathon is not just running. You know, and it's I say that to people is why try, you know, why not go to an expert, get a plan set up? And I was amazed at like, you know, you were like, I didn't know, really know how to run with um you know, carrying my equipment. So I attached some tires behind my back just to get used to the chafing, for example. I didn't know, you know, like there's all these amazing kind of ways that you found to mimic so you could get used to the, the endurance, the the challenges that you were going to face. But, I mean, no one could think about COVID happening. How did you avoid becoming like a sort of, you know, like everybody became a doom and gloom merchant. You know, and they all thought, oh, it's the end of the world. We're just then what's the point you thought well i can't run to a certain country because of the restrictions i'll run round the outside border how do you, did you keep that oh, well i'll just have to you know change it as on the fly i just need to amend my plans as we go because that's a great mindset to have yes i i started my my expedition between the first and the second uh, covid wave in uh, in europe And uh, when I reached um, Turkey, um, all the borders east, they were closed. In the end, I, my original plan was to cycle across uh, Iran, Pakistan, India, Southeast Asia, and then run across the US. And I ended up cycling across Siberia in winter and running across Mexico in summer, just because of uh, it was the only countries where I could, I could enter. And for me, the... Actually, the toughest situation of the entire project that was when um, I reached Turkey and um, the borders were, were closed uh, further east in Asia. And it took me uh, seven weeks to get a special permit to, uh, to continue into Russia. And uh, that was uh, definitely the hardest, the hardest thing because it was in some way out of my control. The most important thing is I first had to, to accept the situation, to, to kind of let it go and um, not create uh, negative thoughts. It, it doesn't change anything to, to yeah, blame my, my bad luck and, um, and be sad about it. I have to look forward and believe um, I will find a solution. So I thought, what, what can I do to change it? What can I do to, to get a bit closer to my, to my big target? And... One thing that is super, super important, uh, it is all about staying positive and um, is that also in my, in my environment during my expeditions, 
there's nobody in my team or in my my environment that uh, has negative thoughts. I don't allow people like this to get uh, close to me in my environment in, in, uh, during those expeditions. So everyone in my environment thinks, uh, yes, uh, we will always find a solution. Because you need to surround yourself with, with people that, that are positive, that lift you higher. If there is someone that always says, oh, well, this is not going to work. Maybe you should come back and, and wait and everything. It just drags you down. I mean, do you think that's a problem that we have in society that it, the news is so negative, social media is so negative that so a lot of people don't believe they can do something before they start? You know, they, they, just the fear of the challenge is scary, but to actually do the first step is terrifying for a lot of people. What did you learn about that, about just going, no, nope, I'm going to do it, but actually going through and doing it? How did you overcome that fear of the initial just stepping out away from like your home base? There's actually a, a very good example I have to that. And um, when I was uh, at university, I did an exchange semester in, um, in Singapore. And uh, I didn't like Singapore. I arrived there and I, I expected a big, a big adventure that Southeast Asia and Singapore is a very, very modern city uh, where everything is organized and it's super expensive and it's, it's in a lot of ways more like London than uh, the image I had of Southeast Asia. So um, I decided that's not the exchange semester I wanted to have. And the next day, I, um, I, I choose only uh, um, courses I can, yeah, I have to be there every second week on one day and uh, the rest I can, well, I can study that on my own. So I moved to Tioman Island, a beautiful island on the beach. And um, I had for like a few bucks a day, I had a, a nice place on the, on the beach and had the, the best time of my life. And I tried to, to get uh, like my, my other students to come join. We make a, we study in paradise and that will all work. And everyone, everyone said, this is impossible. You are going to fail. No one has ever done it before. And I asked them why. And no one had a proper answer because there is no reason why that shouldn't work. And I ended up being the best exchange student. And uh, I saved a lot of money, had the best time of my life, and um, it all worked perfectly out well. Now, after Corona, that's, we all learned that um, you can study from a distance, you can work from a distance. It's, uh, it's not that difficult. But the first reaction of people was always, well, this is, this is not normal. No one has done it before. Um, you're going to fail. And I always ask, why? Give me a reason. Is this really like this? And in most cases, there is a solution. Because I, I like that approach of like, you know, instead of looking at it as, oh, no, that's not possible, thinking you're, you're almost free to create your own path. You don't need to then think, well, that's the way it's been done. That's the way it's got to stay. You're kind of like, well, if nobody's done it. I'm just going to find my way through it. I just need to, you know, because then I'm not restricted, I've got the chance to do it. And I, I like that approach of you were saying to people, it's almost like, well, watch me then, you know, don't get in my way while I'm doing it. How do you look at that? Like, was it liberating to think I can create the path, I can create how this challenge is going to go, that because no one's done it before, I'm going to get out of my own way and just do it? Yes, it is. it's very, very liberating. Because 
when you create your own path and you go, uh, you do ways that that no one has has ever done before, then you also define the rules. So you're you're very very free in in everything. And of course, there will be setbacks. That's uh, simply the case when you go your own way. But um, as you define the rules, uh, you can also find um, the solutions. And um, most people always stay in their comfort zone. They take the the way that's that's easy, the way that everyone does, and uh, follow that one. But um, yeah, personally, I highly recommend. Uh, Think about it. Think about everything in life. Do I really want this? Uh, what can I change? What makes me really happy? And uh, the first, the first step is always the hardest one. It's just an amazing way that you look at this, and it's. I wish there was more people like you, and that's why I'm so keen to have you on because we think we need better examples of this, where people need to realize that their only limit is themselves. You know, how do you advise people to then get out their own way? to stop letting them be the thing that holds them back. Did you have a mantra when you were initially developing this kind of sense of wonderment and ability to do it? Or has this just been part of you in your psychology, do you think? Well, in the end, everything in life is about is about trade-offs. And uh, if you take a risk, there, there is a chance, of course, you, um, you're going to fail. But... Personally, if I if I follow my dream and it doesn't work out the first time, well, then I I know one way how it doesn't work, and I will still be proud that I have they have tried and I have given my best. I have tried to follow my dreams, and I will simply find another solution to do it. A real failure for me in life that would be to to have a big dream and never try to follow it. That would be a failure, and. I always ask myself, what is the, the worst thing that can happen? And in the end, it's actually not that bad. It would be much worse to to never try. Yeah, anyway, that's a great way of looking at it. It's, it's worse to regret than it is to try something and fail. At least failing, you're learning. It's, you get something from the experience. Regret is the worst thing in the world for me in that. I think that's part of the reason I started the podcast was I needed something else. I needed to speak to people like you who were going to inspire me and I knew other people were needing that as well. Something I do notice with top tier competitors, they utilize the, you know, I'm going to control the controllables and ignore the rest. And you utilize this beautifully in your, you know, your challenges. How did you manage that when you're going around the world with the weather constantly changing, you know, permits, red tape issues and things like that how do you learn to let go of the things you can't control because you just go oh well i can't do that let's rearrange here oh i can't go here oh i've gone through my you know my running shoes i'll have to just get another pair or how do you adapt and roll with the punches there's a very very important rule for for everything i do in life especially my expeditions and that is uh, concentrate on the things you can influence. And um, at the moment, for example, there's so much negative things in the world uh, with news, with wars and everything. And I cannot influence it. But um, there are things I can do. So 
in the end I can do my my very best with the things that, that are under my control and simply believe um, in the end I will find a solution. If I just think about everything that, that can go wrong and that, that I cannot control, it just creates negative energy. And um, an example, uh, border closures, they will be there. And um, of course it happens, especially during the pandemic, but I cannot change it. So uh, instead of thinking all the time, oh, in, in four months I will be there and uh, I don't know if this is a good idea, if the border is closed, I simply believe, uh, well, I concentrate now on, on my next few steps. Where do I find enough food? Where do I find enough water? Can I do my, my 12K of swimming today? And um, when I get there, there will be a solution. And with punctures, I mean, yes, I do have my spare tire with me, my, my spare tubes, and um, there's always a solution. Because you're, I mean, I'm just smiling every time you answer because it's like you're the kind of person I could listen to all day because you're not just normal. You know, you want to go and explore life and work and find the ways around things. And it's a mindset that sadly isn't in a lot of people. You know, they kind of think, well, oh, there's a challenge there. Why am I going to bother? You know, they don't even kind of say, well, I can't control that, but I can control this. Like you're saying, you know, where's my next meal coming from? Where's, where's my next? kilometer challenge where's my next stop where's my next rest etc like they say that everybody's got a plan till they're punched in the face you know if they're a boxer everybody thinks they can get the girl or they can go in the win the fight etc until it actually happens so when people are thinking well i'm a good swimmer i can run a couple of miles and that how do you keep going though when you're tired you're wet you're aching you're you're waking up and you're frozen you know, you always seem to be smi- have a smile on your face and enjoying life and looking at it as a positive and motivational kind of a chance to drive on. What did that learn? What did sorry? What did you learn from that as a way of? You almost seem to kind of want to have a great time in a, having a miserable time. You always seem to be wanting to push yourself on. And did you see it as more as a way to see around the world rather than a challenge as such? Well, when I'm out in the in the Adriatic Sea and uh, swimming, and it's 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 miserable. I'm in a Siberian snowstorm on the bike, and uh, yeah, it's absolutely horrible. I'm still exactly there where I want to be because I'm on my following my dream. I'm doing my trip around the world, and I wouldn't change it for anything in life. And a bit of misery—that's sometimes uh, simply part of it. Mm. But after every low point. It kind of means now it's going to be better, huh? because statistically, if you're very bad, um, the snowstorm at some point will will stop and better times are coming. I think it's a great metaphor for life, isn't it? It's like, you know, there's a storm just now, but better weather is coming. So like a lot of times when people are struggling, as I say that to people, you know, it's bad just now, but usually these are just blips on the radar that you just have to get through. You know, like it's when people say like, oh, I can't go to college because it's four years. You think, well, four years is going to pass regardless. You may as well go and have four and at the end of it, have the college course, you know, to show for rather than thinking, oh, I wish I'd done something in those four years. What did you learn during the time you spent? You know, because a lot of people would struggle with the, I don't want to call it loneliness, but the kind of 
away from technology by yourself the you know you were seeing wildlife and nature and you said it i think um the quote was it was an amazing way to have an absolute miserable time but do you think that is something that people struggle with did you you know what went through your mind during the long hours like did you struggle with just your own company it, no i i never feel lonely out in out in the wilderness even if i'm on my own it's uh, actually wonderful to be uh, off from from your phone um, from any devices and uh, it's just me somewhere somewhere in the wild uh, making a campfire and uh, and being out there it's 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 amazing and uh, you learn so much about yourself for me uh, loneliness is rather something that's happening in the anonymity of of big cities but uh, for me never never when i'm alone in the wild it's uh, it's just wonderful it's time for a quick break there are millions of potential products to buy so how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money simple you go to nextlevelguy.com affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and level up. I like that way of looking at it. It's like the, you know, it's a sense of wonder. It's a sense I can go and find out about life. And, you know, your sort of natural curiosity comes through. Whereas a lot of people like can be, you know, we're surrounded by people, but we don't really know each anybody. We don't really, you know, modern society is horrible in that kind of way that you can live next door to people all your life and never know your neighbors. I find that strange. Like I came from a small fishing village where everybody knew each other and knew your family and stuff. And, when you come down to big cities and people weren't even just saying morning to people, that was really strange to me. I couldn't get used to like because you were became like a wide known celebrity in Mexico. You met some amazing people, and I think that's that great mindset that you have is you went and just embraced it, and you know you had these experiences because you allowed it. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. And I mean, your book translates to I am my only limit. Do you think that's another thing people need to remember? It's just get out your own way. It's to experience life rather than, I don't know, kind of hide in the shadows because you're afraid of stepping out and doing something. I don't know. Um, yes. And uh, that's the the title of, of my book because... I said before, not everyone wants to do a triathlon around the world, and that's that's totally fine. But uh, what I want to say with this title is that um, we can all do so much more than than we believe. And when I was running across Mexico, there were thousands of people that were that were joining, and a lot of them they they've never run that that joined for some joined for twenty k, sometimes some for thirty, and and some for for the marathon. But um, there were a lot of people that, that told me they have never won that much before in their life as that day, because now they, they saw a purpose in it. Mm. And um, it wasn't that, that hard, actually. Uh, in terms of running, I believe 
every person that's that's that doesn't have a disability can can run a marathon actually without training. You just have to to want it badly enough and uh, and believe in it. It's it's really not that hard. And um, this is the this is the the thing. You you just have to be optimistic, believe in your skills, and do this this very first step that that may take yourself outside of your comfort zone. But uh, if you do it, uh, wonderful things will happen. It's it's I love I just love your mindset. It's so refreshing, like because people I have on the podcast they're always so focused and they've got great ways of looking at it and when I was looking at the amazing things you did and how you kind of as you find out more about it you know like you didn't have a tent you didn't have a um like you just didn't seem to have a care because you were just going out and enjoying life and kind of almost like the nomadic lifestyle you want you to kind of just experience it and I think that's the thing is like people oh it's exercise I've got to run Whereas you were doing it for a purpose, you know, you're like you said, is we can do it if we have a purpose. We can, there's like something behind it, and that goes back to like everybody needs a challenge. I think, and you know, what was like? How do you mark this? You know, like how do you make it a record? Is there a way that you have to track it? Do you have to take like GPS devices? Do you have to because you checked in like with social media and things like that as you ran, so people could follow your progress, but. How do you, I don't know, like control the the distances and stuff so, and getting in and out of the water at the same point when you were sleeping at night and stuff like that? How did you show people that you had actually achieved this? Because I think that's what a lot of people kind of struggle with is like, how how do you monitor it? Like, how does somebody make it an official record and somebody says, oh, no, you've undercut 20 miles there or something like that? Is there kind of like criteria that you have to follow? Um, yes, and the most important thing, of course, the, the base of it is um, the tracking of your distances. So I do have a, well, a satellite tracker and uh, track all my, my runs or rides or swims. Uh, also live on the internet, so you can always see on the map where, where I am. And uh, people can, yeah, in Mexico, they come and, and look for me and find me. And um, I also upload all the data on my, on my profiles. Uh, which is the main the main criteria, of course, and then uh, pictures, uh, videos, and so on. But um, the most important thing is that you you always have to have the data uh, live up there. Um, but I, it's nice to 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 set a record. It's um, it's nice to it makes the the challenge more. It gives it some kind of purpose, of course, and it makes it uh, it's nice to to work towards this goal. But um, the main motivator for me is is not a record in the end. That's a bonus. It is uh, the way to to get the the journey along the uh, along the way. It's those uh, small moments, like a like a sunset in in the in the sea after a long day of swimming or camping a night on the. On Lake Baikal on the ice or, or running to the Mexican desert, there, there are those special moments that that I will I will remember for life, and this is in the end much much more important than any kind of record. I love it. It's, I love the way that you you talk about like the the value of just seeing the sunset of interacting with people. You know what did the the challenge teach you about 
the world and how people relate to each other you know did it show you how like the world is actually a smaller place that there's a lot of good people that you know that we can kind of well people will go out their way to help each other you know what did like seeing these other cultures and like you know you were saying that you got stopped a few times with people running um beside you and you thought oh this is looking scary and it was actually like a band to play a few songs for you to keep you motivated you know because people were inspired by you what did those kind of experiences teach you about i don't know like society about like the world community as a whole I have been in, in more than a hundred countries uh, so far, and um, I mean, at le- especially at the moment, there is uh, there are so many conflicts and, and and wars in the world, especially like Russia and Ukraine at the moment. And I've been in in Iran, in in Sudan, which are countries with a, a horrible reputation, Mexico with the with the drug cartels. It's uh, has the reputation to be very very dangerous, mm. and um, I. I've been in all of them and I, I was treated well. Uh, now I cycled across Ukraine and then, then across Russia and, and both the, the Ukrainians and the Russians, they, they treated me incredibly nice and, and hospitable. Um, I made only, only good experiences and um, that uh, really opens your eyes that um, the conflicts and, and, and everything we have in, in the world, that's uh, politics, like it's a it's a war from from Putin and uh, and the the, the Russian um, uh, leaders, but not from the uh, from the normal people. The normal people everywhere in the world they they wanna have have a peaceful and nice life and um, have been treating me very nice wherever they were. Because it's something I've seen and like we when when we went on holiday we went to Barcelona. I think it was the first time we'd ever been abroad and you know we went to uh, Catalan and. We deliberately picked a non-touristy area. We went in into like into uh, the heart of like Barcelona itself, and I can remember like people were trying to speak English, or they would find somebody they knew that could try like a book a taxi for you or explain something, you know. And it's there were such beautiful people going out their way to help others that I think we, you know, if we believed the news, we'd think the world was at an end, and you know there was terrible people everywhere. But there are some amazing people. And I think that's what we need to sort of remember. But, you, t- you know, to go and do something like this where you didn't even have a stove to cook, you know, you were kind of buying food as you went. How do you plan to get the amount of food that you need? How do you plan not to be sick, to have a jippy belly? You know, was there, did you work with a dietitian to kind of think, this is what I need to eat, this is how much water I need to take? How did you avoid having, because I think you did get sick on the way. Um, yes, I, I do get food poisoning uh, once or twice a year. It is uh, simply um, part of the adventure of a lifestyle. And uh, it happens, but I mean, it's not that bad. You, I, I just ignore it and continue cycling usually. So also food poisoning is in, in some way um, a mindset to deal with it. And I'm always unsupported, meaning there's no team around that helps me. Uh, which means uh, it's not like Western Europe where you find uh, good uh, supermarkets with a lot of uh, juice and energy bars and everything. I, uh, in a lot of ways, I'm I'm out in some countries where you you have some small shops and uh, and a restaurant, and uh, I have to 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 find something. So 
I basically in practice, I, I eat whatever I find and as much as I can. And, and, and that's it. I'm working on, on, uh, on everything. I can eat chocolate and cookies and, and run my marathon. That's fine. That sounds like my diet, to be honest. You know, I just, whatever I see, <laughs> I eat. And was that the kind of diet that you had? Was it just like cookies, chocolates? You know, did, were you buying like fish and stuff that you were there? You know, you were, were you getting people giving you things? Because I think there was a story of somebody, you said that you were hungry on social media and somebody like biked a pizza out to you. Did you find that was some, the most amazing part of it? Um, yes, and... There is no no general rule what I was eating because in every country I, I adapt uh, what I find and I eat that, which uh, sometimes is are restaurants. Sometimes I'm invited by the locals. In some countries I eat a lot of fruits and in others a lot of, of cookies. And um, especially in Mexico, the, the people, they are just all offered food. So there was uh, was one situation, and Mexico is just fantastic. I I was running out of food in the middle of the desert, and I I just made a on on, so on Instagram. I, I made a story. I'm, I'm a bit hungry, and and an hour later, the pizza service came. Um, I didn't even ask for it, but um, yeah, it's 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 amazing how how people always helped. Because that's the thing, isn't it? it's like they see somebody doing this amazing thing, and it inspires them, and they want to be part of it, and it builds that community and. I think that's sometimes where we keep our goals to ourselves, and then suddenly you're like 80, 90 and you realize you can't, you haven't got the time to do them anymore. So sometimes it's better to have the accountability almost to kind of say it out loud and inspire others and bring them in and get them motivated. But when you're doing this, you know, you're kind of like stopping at night and coming at the water and sleeping on the bank and then going back in the water at the same point. How did you man manage to get a chance to recover, deal with aches, cats, bruises, things like that? Was there a way you kind of just caught your breath before you went back in, or did it just become so normal you just thought, "Ah, well, you know, I'm I'm still getting to enjoy life. This is just a small part to pay for it." Um, yes, I I never do rest days. I'm not a fan of it. I recover. Um, doing my sports. So I, I run a marathon every day and um, in the evening there's some time to enjoy. If I'm in a nice city, then I might take a stroll around and, and eat some good food and, and explore it. And I simply, uh, the plan shouldn't be too, too strict because I know the best play, plan never works in, the, in practice. So um, I, I simply adapt kind of every day and I'm, I stay open for the, the things that may happen. If there comes a nice invitation somewhere, then, then I accept it and I have a, have a great evening. Mm. So it's, it's a lot of um, also mindset to, yeah, to embrace life, to embrace uh, all the, the options you get and, uh, and take them. So, did I, you know, something that I mean, a lot of people would struggle would be the, you were like sleeping outside, you know, you didn't have a tent, so you were just in your sleeping bag. You know, you were probably in some really uncomfortable positions, maybe on like dirt and banks and stuff like that. What did you find about that? You know, does the, like any tips for like learning to sleep and go to the toilet outside? Because a lot of people couldn't cope with that. We're become too soft in a way. You know, how do you become used to comfort the uncomfortable situations? How do you find comfort 
in the uncomfortable situations? Well, by by accepting it and and doing it very often, basically. And what I'm doing now is actually the how I sleep, where I shower, and everything. When sometimes, well, I'm there's no hotel around, and uh, I, I well I jump in the lake to take my shower, and I and I camp somewhere next to it. And that's actually the the natural the natural way of life as uh, humans have lived for the thousands of years. And mm -hmm. uh, what we are doing now, um, living in a house with a, with a shower and um, everything is so comfortable. That's that's not not how it was um, in a lot of ways. And uh, actually, when you're out in the wild, there are, there are simply more important things than than. Uh, then your shower and then your bed, you you can find uh, comfort in in a lot of different ways. And for me, it's the sleeping places I remember are not the most comfortable ones. Uh, if you sleep in a five star hotel, well, that's comfortable, but um, you will never remember that. Mm. But uh, sleeping out on the beach somewhere under the stars, um, this is something you you may remember for life and just so much better. Because I was smiling when I listened to an interview you did where you were talking about like how the sunset would be something that you would stay for a year and the rest of your life. It's the the way you interacted with people, you know, that you remember. It's not like the record. It's not the you know oh i can get the kudos of saying this you know that i've done this you were just enjoying getting to experience life around the world and meet these amazing people was there something that it changed you in a way did did it change a belief that you heard you held about society or you know that people say no no you can't go into like mexico for example where you were met with two gunmen who uh, who actually escorted you through because they wanted to keep you safe did it change your views on any countries or what we kind of hold to be true, you know, like this area was dangerous, this people are bad, this, you know, did it change any sort of core beliefs that you held about the world? Um, yes. So my, uh, my core belief is uh, I know how the media works and um, they are always looking for, um, for news and, um, looking for the extreme news of course and that is true i don't i want to say that that's 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 not true the cartels in mexico for example they, they do have a lot of power and they are very very bad but that doesn't mean they have an interest in you and um, usually the situation in the countries um, is portrayed as as more extreme as it is and uh, I have been in a lot of countries where if you would, would follow the news and uh, would talk to people, everyone would tell you, don't go there, you are going to die. And the reality is um, it wasn't dangerous at all, um, especially if you have local contacts. So in the end, I, what I learned is I like to go on my own to the countries and, and form my, my own opinion. There is uh, some truth in what you know, of course, but um, it's uh, only half the truth. And uh, it's um, the normal people in the countryside that may be very different. So this question might be a bit difficult because you've been to all these amazing places, met these amazing people. If you had to balance it out, was there a best moment and a worst moment? You know, was it like the heat? Was it the 
the snow for like the worst part of it or was there a, a moment that you think that's what you'll remember or was there just so much that it was difficult you just tried to absorb it as much um, yes, there is actually um, uh, the, the worst moment on my trip that was during the swimming leg. I uh, usually swam along the, the coast, but sometimes I had to do a crossing, like five, six, seven, eight kilometers um, open sea without a boat to, uh, to an island, to a peninsula. And during my very first crossing, I, I thought I, I, like 7K to an island, I thought I can do that before the, the darkness, but there was a current I, I didn't know about and I, I ended up. Um, in the dark, like a few kilometers off the shore on my own. And that was, it's just, I had a feeling I shouldn't be there. It was the most uncomfortable life I had in a, in a very, very long time. And um, the best moments of my life, uh, well, that's of course, uh, of, of, of the strip, that's of course Mexico, there are so many crazy things happening. Um, which are my personal highlight, um, there was a, a dog living in the streets, uh, La Coqueta, that was um, in the Sierra Madre. For some reason, she liked to run and she followed me for 130 kilometers. And um, of course, I couldn't adopt her. So I, I looked for someone who, who, um, who takes her. And uh, as this is Mexico, she got adopted. Uh, got a big uh, hero's welcome in the, in the city. And um, the mayor um, gave her a medal and she became a, a honorary member or like a honorary dog of the of the of the city and then national tv came and made a big um, a big uh, documentary about her and she became mexico's most famous dog and uh, from that day on actually my i was known as uh, the german forest camp in, <laughs> in mexico and, and people joined and it became a, a crazy a crazy party the rest of the one and this is so absurd that something like uh, like that can happen that um, this is the yeah, funniest and best uh, memories I have from my trip. Because it is something that when I seen the picture initially of you, you know, with the big beard and, you know, you're kind of like running covered with ice and Siberia and all these sort of places, you do kind of remember that like the Forrest Gump scene. Why do you think these kind of challenges draw such an interest? You know, does it like, is it the connection to our primal energy and the way society loves somebody that steps outside of a thing or does it kind of inspire and create a passion and like start that fire in other people do you think i think this is um more inspiring pe people than the poor physical performance because uh, physical performance if you if you go with a support team super fast uh, across the country then uh, the athletes, they will, of course, think, oh, this is fast. Um, but the general population, it's, it's, it's simply way out of their imagination. It's too far away. And uh, running 120 marathons across the country with your, or going around the world with your, with your own luggage, carrying everything on your own and being accessible for people, that's what, uh, what inspires them. And in the end, they don't want to do, do 120 Ironmans but um, I inspired a lot of people in Mexico to, to run a marathon or to run their personal best or, or something else to do a, a first big journey, um, to have the courage to, to follow, follow their own dream. Because I think that's the, one of the best things about it is that you show people that it is possible. 
you don't need to hide in the shadows. You can go away and go for your own dreams that, you know, that you inspire others that show them what is possible. You know, they might not want to do that, but there is some amazing things to do. And does normal life become boring to you now? Are you always looking for the next challenge? Or do you think you're always going to be just following how life, you know, the attractions of life, do you think? Well, I will always uh, go on big adventures. At the moment, I'm I'm very busy, of course, with, with speeches and uh, there's a film coming into cinemas. I I wrote a bestseller book. So at the moment, I'm, I'm doing uh, less adventures than... Uh, than the past for the next few months, and that's that's totally fine. But I always have my my next project uh, on mind. Um, I need something to to look forward to. And uh, in the next uh, next year, I'm starting another trip around the world, but on a in a different kind of discipline that hasn't been done before, and uh, that is is super exciting. And for me, it will it will always be like this that I um, I do my big adventures. And uh, then I take a few months of break from it, and then I go again. Um, and I couldn't imagine um, being in a situation where I'm, I'm I'm at home in my comfort zone and I I don't have anything to look forward to. I love I just love your mindset. It's like I can't believe we've been talking for an hour. It feels like ten minutes. You're just such an inspiring person, and I I can see how people just flock to you and kind of get so motivated by it i'd love to do another one and really chat to you and focus on other areas as well but for people who are listening what do you want them to take as a sort of go home message what would you want them to sort of take from this chat then well the my main message and that i that's what i really want everyone to to take away is that you have to take the first step. You have to get out of your, out of your, out of your comfort zone. You have to take the, have the courage to, to follow your dreams. Imagine I, I wasn't a swimmer and I swam 460 kilometers. I wasn't a runner and I, I won 120 marathons um, because in the end I, I just wanted it badly enough and um, I believed I can do it. And um, you sometimes have to take risk in life but uh, if you don't do it, if you just stay inside your comfort zone, you take the easy way, well, life just passes. And uh, the hardest thing is get to get to the starting line. But uh, the best message is just do it. I love it. I love that we have... Well, we'll have the links to the book, etc. And I know that there's going to be the English copy coming out soon. There's the film. There's all these amazing things you've got coming up. So how do we connect with you? How do we, you know, you've got a great website. You've got some amazing Instagram shots and videos and stuff. How do we find you? How do we connect with you on social media and find out about your projects and follow like the latest adventures? Um, yeah, the best is, of course, uh, Instagram or uh, also Facebook and, and uh, YouTube and my website. And um, yeah, you can on my website also find uh, the book when it's coming out in English. And uh, the film is also going into cinemas in uh, outside of Germany. It's uh, UK and probably also in the US. And uh, yeah, it will be uh, the next few months uh, uh, speaking to it and so on and then train for my, my next expedition and you, you can follow it, follow it online well that's it for another week and thank you for listening 
It's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. Listen, try it, embrace it, use it, and crush it. Now's your time to hit that next level in your life. If you liked this episode, then please leave a comment on the show notes or a review of the show on your podcast platform. Everything helps evolve the show. Until next week, keep seeking the next level in your life.